Okay, we're going to start talking about the laws of muksa. So muksa is basically something which is designated or set aside. In other words, it's not, it's not prepared for Shabbos. It was not uh, something that you had in mind that you would be using on Shabbos, either because it's not allowed to be used or because it's not something which you would have thought to use or different other considerations. So the uh, first question is, when did muksa? Oh, when did muksa become forbidden? Was it something from Torah times or later? At what point? So, there's a um, some sort of a, a dispute, seemingly because the we find uh, two conf- conflicting places. In one place, the Gemara Shabbos on Daf Kufchav Gimel, it's explained that the original gzera of muksa was in the times of the prophet Nehemiah ben Chaklayah. Uh, Chaklayah, he, he had made a gazira not to move around certain types of vessels that are un, you know, not allowed to be used. Um, and he was a later prophet. We find in the Gemara in um, Shavuot, Daf Laman, in Daf 30, it says that the muksa was already times of David HaMelech and Shlomo, because when David HaMelech passed away, um, it was on... Shabbos and his body was laying in the sun and they wanted to, his son wanted to move his body out of the sun. So the whole question how to move it, so they decided they could put some uh, non-muksa item on his body like bread or, or a baby and then they would be able to move it with the bread or baby on top of, of his dead body. But you see that the muksa was already much earlier, if you're saying it's from the times of David and Melech. So so what's the, how do we put it together? So uh, the Shulchan Acharav, the Alter Rebbe, in Simen Shinches, in Sif Yud Zayin, he explains that the original Gezerah of Muksa was, was basically um, only on non, non-vessels, items like not, not, not designated vessels. So a dead body would be what the Gezerah of Muksa was including. Um, rocks and maybe wood and stuff like that. The pieces of wood that are not vessels, or they don't have any designated usage. But later on, times in the ben Chakloi, they added upon that, also adding um, other things that could be um, items of vessels, but those vessels are maybe not permissible that vessels to use on Shabbos, that they became Muxet as well. And then they added things um, like even normal items that they didn't allow you to carry that are normally permissible, but then they saw that people got better in Shabbos pres- um, uh, observance, and then they started to lighten up on some of the gezerot, which basically only things that are not permissible to carry, those are roughly only things that have muksa on them. So you see that the um, time of muksa, as it had evolved, started off mainly on non-vessels, and with time included also vessels that are forbidden vessels. Now, Let's talk about what is the reason of muksa. So the reason of muksa, there's actually t- many, many reasons brought down. Looking in the uh, Rambam, he quotes off a few reasons. Um, I'm not going to list every reason. In the, for example, in the Shulchan Acharav, in the very first sif of Shin Ches, he goes through quite a few reasons. Um, one reason is because our walking on Shabbat, on Shabbat should not be like our walking on the weekday. Our speech on Shabbos shouldn't be like our speech on the weekday. So as it says with Dover Dover in the Sefer Yishayo. So how much more so should our 
caring not be like our caring on the weekday so that we're not going to come and, you know, cheapen the Shabbos in our eyes. Also, maybe we're going to come and fix things, move things around, decorate our house, and reorganize and stuff like that. And then we're not really having a proper resting. Um, another reason, because of concern of caring, um, that you might, uh, if you're allowed to carry whatever you want and move stuff around, this is what the Ravid says, then you might come and carry stuff outside in a place where you're not allowed to carry, like an un, um, a place without an Erev. Okay, and another reason is because some people don't work throughout the week, and if we're going to allow them to move around and carry what they want, then maybe it'll look like to them, really, what's the difference of Shabbos and the weekday? So that's why on Shabbos we can't carry certain items. And there are other reasons, but the main idea is that we have to, when we are determining, is the item a muksa item, we have to, first and all, find out, are we allowed to use this item on Shabbos? That's one question. Another question we have to ask, is this item a vessel? Or is it not a vessel? Okay, so those are like the two, you know, two important things to keep in mind. Um, in the very beginning of the Mishnah Brura, before he starts him in uh, 308, he brings a hakdama, an introduction to it, where he mentions that there are basically four types of muksa. Okay. And he says one type is where is muksa machmas chasron kis, which means it's an item where it's maybe a merchandise or it's something very valuable. You wouldn't want to touch it regularly unless you're very, very careful with it. And to needlessly touch it, you wouldn't. So since it's so valuable, we're afraid that you, um, you know, you'll, you'll get it ruined or something. So that, it, that itself makes it muksa. And the only way you would be allowed to use it is if you needed it for a permissible usage on Shabbos, which generally isn't the case. An example would be maybe a, a shechet's knife, the chalaf, you know, it's so sharp. It has the, has the slightest nick on it. It's not good. Um, it's not valid. So he would be careful how he handles it. So even, you know, no one's shechting on Shabbos. So anyway, so it automatically it's muksa. And we can give many examples, but that's an example of something which is very valuable. Maybe very fancy stationary uh, paper, which, what are you going to do with it on Shabbos? You know, you, you have no purpose for it. That could also potentially be, you know, blank paper could be, you know, it's, it's designated for a purpose. And, and if it's not going to be that purpose, it could be um, also muksa. Um, uh, another category he brings down is a vessel which is not uh, Michael Adam and not Michael Behemoth. It's not food for a person. It's not food for an animal. So example is stones and just pieces of wood or something which have no purpose to them. Uh, they're not designated for anything. Sand, a dead body, or animals. So those things are raisins that didn't fully um, become uh, matured and they're not yet ready. So those things are not fit for anything. They're called muksa because of themselves. Machmas gufoi. Okay, that's, a, that's a, another category. And then the third category is a kli, a vessel, shemlachdol eser. Um, its intended purpose isn't for forbidden things. So like hammers, generally, what do you use it for? You use it for uh, building and stuff, and we can't build on shops. So then the question will be, what if you need to use it for a permissible usage? Then that might change the status of that vessel for that usage. But again, some vessels have only designated purpose for doing a isur, like maybe a camera and stuff. Like, what are you going to do other than 
a muksa with it. So, so that, that itself turns it into a muksa machmas. A kli shemachdeliyasur, that the kli, the vessel, is intended for, for a prohibition. Fourth category is kli shemachdeliyasur, and but on top of it was placed a dover muksa, which means, say you have a permissible thing, like a plate or something like that, but on top of it was a muksa. So you had, on top of your plate, um, you had like, a, I don't know, camera or something, or money or coins. So those are also, money is also muksa, right? So even though that you moved the muksa off of the plate, but since on the beginning of Shabbos started, when Bein the twilight time of when Shabbos came in, it was on there, so it now stays forbidden for the whole Shabbos. So then there's rules as to, now, the categories that we went through, we didn't go, they're not all equal. Some are more stringent and some are less stringent. Some have more heterim and some have less. And uh, maybe we'll go through them at their intended in next recordings. But um, I will point out that there is an interesting, um, interesting point to... Um, to mention, which is that in the Shulchanach in chapter 311, Sif Ches, Sif 8, it brings down a very important thing to know, that the whole Isser of Muksa is when you move it with your hands. But if you're moving the Muksa, not with your hands, but with your body, so then it's not considered the prohibition that the Chacham had made on us of, of Muksa. As the wording of the Shochanach, the tiltal begufoi, when you move something only with your body, not with your hands, even if you're moving it for this need of the thing, which is a muksa item, or the need of it, mutter, it is permissible. Also, that's quoted in the uh, Shochanach Arav as well. In the end of Sif Tesvavi, brings down. He says the only problem of the moving is when you're using with moving with your hands. But if it was muksa and it was with your body and you're not moving it with your hands, it would be allowed, even though you're moving it for the need of the iser. Meaning that I'm moving, I'm not moving, uh, you know, I don't want it to get destroyed or, or whatever it is. That's why I'm moving it, even that. But you're not moving with your hands, you're moving with your feet between your elbows or something like that. So it's something that sometimes needs to be used when you really have no solution, provided that you know, you're not going to do some other prohibition while you're, you're carrying it. So these are some points in the introduction to Hilchas Muksa.